How's it going, everybody? Kyle Brotherson with Dirt Bike Channel. This is the Dirt Bike Channel Podcast. Today, we want to talk about what makes a great dirt bike. You know, as I think about it, and, and I did a video about this on YouTube um, a little while ago. What makes a great dirt bike? And who makes a good dirt bike? And who makes a great dirt bike? There's a lot of ways we could go with this. And one of the things that I like probably the most about the whole podcast world is I can say whatever I want. In some ways, um, it's the most unfiltered. It's the most un... It's definitely the most unedited version of like getting a monologue from me. And there's some crazy people out there. Um, if you're listening to this, maybe you're one of those people that uh, like to hear what I say. I, I caution you. I caution you because you never know. Like the stuff that comes out of my mouth, especially unfiltered, it uh, it probably doesn't have a ton of value. But uh, to some of you crazy people, um, it does have some value, and I welcome you into the podcast here. Um, it, this this podcast is for anyone who loves dirt bikes and loves to talk dirt bikes um, and is just passionate about them. I was on the phone with a gentleman just yesterday, and um, he is dealing with it. His name's David. He's dealing with some pretty interesting things. I mean, he's got, he's basically just had three bad crashes in a row um, in the last year or so. And they've, and they've gotten kind of progressively worse. He's in his, he's in his fifties and he's, he's, uh, he just really feels like his life is his passion. There's like a hole in his soul because dirt bikes have kind of been taken away from him. And I feel, I felt so much for him when I was talking to him and, and, um, Anyway, this is a total side note, but I'm just, it's because dirt bikes are part of my life and, and, and they might be part of your life and it might be something that you're really, really passionate about. And, and this gentleman is just going like, I feel like I have a hole in my soul because now I've had to give up dirt bikes because I got hurt. And he just wanted to like get, you know, here, listen to what I had to say and, and maybe just have some words of encouragement or something. I, I'm not exactly sure. And I said, Hey, look, I, I just, I feel like you, maybe let's not be quite so absolute on this thing. You are in trauma. Your your body is hurt. Your brain is hurt. Your mind is hurt. You probably just need to get right, you know. And 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 maybe it's going to take you a year, and then you can kind of get back on the horse. Maybe you never get back on the horse, but like right now, when you're in trauma, you can't just like strip this great thing and this beautiful piece of your life away that is gives you so much value and so much you know fulfillment. Anyway, the only reason I share that is because. Dirt bikes are important to people. Dirt bikes are important to me. If you're listening to this podcast, they're probably really important to you. You might be a motocrosser. I, I probably don't have a ton of motocross listeners. I need to start doing more. I need to start doing some moto, you know. But um, there's a lot. There's a lot of guys that are doing off road or enduro stuff that are listening to this, and it's a big part of their lives. And you know whether they're doing you know hair scramble racing or they're just weekend warriors or or they're someone who, somewhere in between. Dirt bikes make a big impact in our lives and. Sometimes you can find a bike out there that is just absolutely fantastic. I mean, there's a lot of bikes that are just good. There's tons of bikes that are good. Um, but if you really get and stop and think about it, you don't want a good dirt bike. You want a great dirt bike. And for me, I don't want a good dirt bike. I want a, I want a freaking great dirt bike. And I'm always on the I'm always on the lookout for which ones are really really good, especially in the early days. And then even more now, I'm still on the you know the lookout for great bikes. And you kind of start to key in on what you like and and the types of things that you want uh, to get out of a bike. Like for instance, I get people emailing me even today, like, hey, tell me what you think about the the Kawasaki KLX, you know, 300 or whatever. And that bike is, you know, what I'm the one I'm talking about, like the trail bike that has trail suspension and and it weighs a million pounds and 
you know, th- there are certain bikes that are made for, it's like, hey, this is a, in, a, in a way, some of the bikes that I see and people ask me about, I'm like, this is a bike that a farmer would use to go check the water. And that's one of the, the easiest ways for me to explain it. And it's like, that doesn't mean it's a bad bike. It's just built for a different purpose than what I want. So that's another thing to bring, bring up in this, in this podcast is um, just because I like it doesn't mean that you'll like it. You might have different needs than me. You might have different, you know, different, different priorities of what you want the bike to be able to do. Like some, some people might say, Hey, I want the bike to have an air cooled motor so that it's, it's bulletproof and it lasts forever. And in that way, maybe that Kawasaki KLX 300 is going to be great for you. Or maybe the Honda CRF 250F or 230F is going to be great for you, you know, because it's an air-cooled motor and it's not high compression and it'll last for 30, 40 years. And, and what you really want is to be able to go out there, start the thing up, and then just take it down a gravel road a little bit and go up to, you know, some sprinkler pond or, or go to, you know, check some water or check the cows or whatever go down some forest road and you say you're camping and you just want to be able to get on the bike and go down an ATV road, go down a forest road, then there's a lot of bikes that can do that. And there's a lot of bikes that would be totally great. That's not the type of motorcycle though, that I want to ride. As I've gotten into this, I've always wanted to be, I've always wanted to go fast, you know, and you can, you can say, well, Kyle, you're super slow or whatever. You can say whatever you want, but Fast is in the eye of the beholder. I've always wanted to be able to go fast. I've always wanted something that was high performance. When I, you know, was a teenage kid, I wanted this. My dad's seventy nine Camaro Z twenty eight or Z twenty eight Camaro. Um, I found out later it wasn't really that fast. Um, it was just <laughs> it was just big and heavy, and it sounded mean, but it wasn't really fast. That was really a disappointment when I found out like there were little Honda Accords that could kick my. <laughs> or Honda Civics that could kick my Z28 Camaro's butt, even though it had, you know, a 350 cubic inch, you know, Muncie four speed, positive traction, rear end, four on the floor, all that type of stuff. Quadrajet carburetor. <laughs> when I found out that car wasn't really fast, it was, uh, anyway, I digress. That was my first car, 79 Z28 Camaro. But I wanted fast things. I've never really wanted the slow thing. When I got my first street bike, it was a, you know, uh, Yamaha R6 bullet bike. Sucker was fast. Not a ton of you guys know this. Probably no one really knows this, but I have a street bike now. It's a KTM 1290 Super Adventure. The thing is so fast. I don't ride it hardly at all. I just got it this summer, but rode it, uh, got it to go on some trips with my dad. And I don't know. I don't know what I'll do with it, how long I'll have it. But the point is, I was buying like something that's fast. So then naturally, you know, when I had a four wheeler, it was a Banshee and that was a, you know, the fastest four wheeler I could get back in the day in 1998 Yamaha Banshee two stroke 350 twin, you know, when I get into dirt bikes, of course I start with the biggest, fastest thing. What I thought, you know, it was a Yamaha YZ 450 F and almost, you know, lost my complete desire for dirt bikes. I pr- I did actually, you know, with that bike. Um, so everyone's got different needs at different times. Every man, the point is this, every manufacturer makes good bikes, you know, and I, I wouldn't go as to so far as to say that every manufacturer makes, makes great bikes, at least not for me. If we're talking about my needs and what I can see, and I've had over 40 bikes now that that's kind of staggering to say, but in the last 10 years, I've purchased more than 40 bikes. And that doesn't even kid that doesn't even include the kids bikes. I'm just talking about the big bikes and there's, I've had a lot of good ones. In fact, I think all of them have been good. 
Uh, every bike that I've had, whether it was the Yamaha 450F, you know, that was a good bike. It just wasn't great for what I was doing. And so it begs the question, well, what makes a great dirt bike? You know, we've got a ton of choices out there and we've got more choices now than ever. You think about it in, in the United States for so long, at least when I was growing up, really all we heard about in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s and stuff is, you know, you had Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, and Suzuki, the four, you know, kind of main manufacturers, Japanese dirt bike manufacturers. And they still make, all of those guys still make a good bike. Um, maybe, maybe you could argue with Suzuki, but I still think they make a good bike. Um, it, they haven't kept up on, you know, some of the things that the others have done, but they, I still think they make a good bike, especially for the price point. And then you move over to the off-road world and you have even more choices now because it opens up to Kawas or uh, KTM and Husqvarna and Sherco and Beta and Gas Gas and TM Designs. And they're all, they all make good bikes. Some of those make some great bikes. You know, everyone makes a good bike though. What's going to be, what makes it a great bike though? A great bike is something that speaks to you and it differentiates itself from the others in certain measurable ways and unmeasurable ways. And really the only person that can, can determine what those are is you, you will have certain things that you think make turn this bike from a good bike into a great bike. And also your, your opinion over time is going to change and that's going to grow and change and evolve. You know, in the end, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter what Kyle Brotherson's thinks. It doesn't matter what your neighbor thinks. If the bike is great and you think the bike is great, um, then, then that's cool. What I have noticed, though, also is because when we start out in this sport, we don't have as much experience. Um, you have to be careful about saying it's great if you've only had if you've only ridden like one or two different bikes. You haven't, in, in a lot of ways, you you still you still don't know what you don't know, and that really can kind of influence your your decision making on what's good and what's great. And I think that as you as you uh, kind of go on in this sport, it's really good to branch out. I'm always impressed with the people who say, hey, I'm riding this two-stroke and I, I just want to try something different. I want to try this four-stroke or vice versa. I get a lot of people emailing me saying, hey, I've always been a four-stroke guy and I've got this you know, this bike or that bike and I want to branch out and I'm thinking about getting a two-stroke. I'm always all for that because I feel like if we, the more we can broaden our horizons and kind of start to um, use different bikes and get different bikes each time, uh, you're going you're gonna to learn a lot. And you're not married to it. The problem is, these bikes are so expensive. A lot of times, that if you had a, if you really loved your, you know, whatever it is, maybe it's a KTM 250 XCW. You really loved that, and you had it for three years. You just a lot of people just get the next 250 XCW, and that's fine um, because you like I know I loved it before. I'm going to love it again, and and that's I'm not I'm not poo pooing the people who do that, but I I often do encourage people if they're kind of on the fence about a different brand or a different model, I usually do say, Hey, look, you shouldn't just, uh, you shouldn't just forget about that. That might be a really good thing, especially, and this also happens where I'll get, for instance, this happens all the time. I'll get a guy who says, okay, I've got a son that's 17, 18. I've been riding this one bike for two years. Um, I'm thinking about getting me a new bike and give and just kind of handing this bike down to my son. Should I get the same thing or something, something different? Like maybe he's got a 250 XCW and he's thinking, should I get a 300 XCW or a 300 XC? And I usually tell him, Hey, go get the 300 XC. You've already got the 250 covered in that bike. You've got the XCW covered in that bike. Why don't you go get 
a 300 XC. And that way you'll broaden your horizons that much more where you'll get the XC model and you'll get the 300 uh, CC motor. And then you'll, you'll have a much better idea of what you like down the road once that is all said and done. And so I encourage people to do that. Because once you you once you start to broaden your perspective a little bit a little bit and you start to have more experience with more models and and more different things, then you get a better taste of what you want. It's almost like your tastes become more refined, if you will. Excuse me, I had to get a drink of water there. So, you know, now that I've been doing this for ten years, my my opinions on things have evolved, um, and I've ridden a lot. I mean. I've had over 40 bikes, 40, 41, 42 bikes, whatever it is. And I'm not even exactly sure now. I've got to go look at my spreadsheets. But I've ridden many, many, many other bikes that I didn't own. Um, I don't ride with a ton of different people. But over the last decade, I have ridden a lot of different bikes that I didn't own um, that I've been interested in. If I go riding with somebody, I'll ask them if I can ride it. And so that kind of like builds the, re- the repertoire there as well. And... So it, it helps kind of like me to gauge what I think is great. And you're going to have to do the same in your life. Ride friends, bikes, whatever. Um, because just listening to a magazine or even listening to me, that really isn't enough. You, then, that, then you just know what Kyle thinks is good. Or if you're listening to, you know, say Chris Kiefer, then you say, okay, I know what Chris Kiefer thinks is good or, or whoever it is. You know what these different media people say is good, but you don't know what's great and good and great for you. So coming back to it, though, all the bikes that I have owned have been good in some ways. Um, In fact, probably all of them have been really good in a lot of ways, almost every way. I guess it depends on the type of discipline that we're we're riding. Um, But a handful of them have been great in several ways. And, And then there's a few that have been lights out fantastic for me. Great overall, you know. And I said in the video that I did for, for YouTube that I wasn't going to go out there and say that uh, I wasn't going to name the bikes that were great. Maybe I will do that on this podcast, though. Um, but I do think that, you know, the ones that, I, the ones that have been the best for me, um, that I've felt the best on, um, have been KTM, Beta, Sherco, and Yamaha. And you'll notice that three of those brands, three of those brands are basically just European brands. And then one of them is a, you know, the, the Japanese brand. I haven't yet. I mean, I bought a Kawasaki right now. Um, I haven't ridden it yet. I probably won't start really doing much with it until um, the new year, 2021. Um, it's, a K, it's the Kawasaki KX250X. Even though it says XC right on the bike, Kawasaki decided to change the name of that bike. And it was the XC, and they changed the name to the X. I laugh every time because it was so confusing. When it came out, I was like, is the X or the XC? And now I just know they changed the name on it. And uh, I just, I, there's got to be a story behind that that I would love to get the context because somebody kind of <laughs> messed up on that one for sure. But anyway. I, I haven't had a Kawasaki before because they just weren't making a bike that was that was interesting to me. KTM has made a ton of bikes that are interesting to me. KTM Husky Sherco has made a lot of bikes that are interesting to me. And Beta has made a lot of bikes that are interesting to me. Yamaha's made a couple that are interesting. Um, Honda has really only made one. It's the Honda CRF 250RX. I haven't been there yet. I'm going to do that soon-ish. I don't know, within the next couple of years. There's so many bikes to get to. Um, 
but uh, I, I've had some really good luck with those four or five bands, Beta, Beta KTM, Shirko, um, Husky, and Yamaha. And uh, some of them have been great in certain ways. Um, but I, I guess overall, like, what does it take to make for me to say the bike is great? And I think this goes and this, this is just the bike has to just like make me feel alive. And it sounds really corny to say, and it sounds like um, I'm just being like, I don't know, some touchy feely or something, but it's got, it's got to like turn my senses up and it's got to like kind of make my senses turn on fire when I'm riding it. I'll tell you, I'll give you an example of how this happened to me recently where I'm just like, this is a great bike. I'm riding my Sherco, uh, Sherco 300 SEA factory, which I think is a really good bike and very, very good in a lot of different ways. And I was riding with some friends and one of the friends had a Yamaha YZ250 FX. Um, I hadn't ridden the 250 FX for a month or two or something because I'd got, I'd gotten rid of mine. And then I go out and I'm, I'm on this ride where I'm riding my Sherco and I'm really, I'm really enjoying with it um, or enjoying it. And I'm really gelling with it and everything. And then this guy's like, Hey, let me, let me swap bikes for a little bit. Can I ride your Sherco? And I said, sure. So I got on his YZ within 10 to 15 seconds of being on the YZ 250 FX again. And it wasn't even set up for my weight or whatever. I was just giggling and I was just laughing and I felt like I was just like launching off of these little whoops and bumps. And I was like, man, this is great. Like my senses are on fire and like I'm heightened and all of these things. And I just felt alive. And in that moment, that bike was so great for me. Now that bike isn't great for me in every scenario, but that's a bike where it's like, if the speeds are higher, if we're talking about second gear, third gear, fourth gear, that bike is freaking great. It gave me so much confidence. It gave me so many different things made me feel like a hero. And that's another thing that these bikes have to do in order for me to say, Hey, this is a great bike. There have to be multiple occasions where the bike just makes me feel like a superhero. You know, happened to be yesterday. I'm riding my KTM 250 XE. I'm up in the mountains and I'm just after, I'm just like kind of blitzing along and I'm like dodging trees and I'm going around corners. I'm going up over rock ledges and all these different things. And there was a couple times where I just felt like, Holy crap, I'm a hero. Look at how I'm kind of laying it into this, laying it into this, this turn and that turn and then popping up and then grabbing a gear. And I'm like, dang, it, it feels almost like this bike is anticipating the inputs that I'm giving to it. And so it, it can almost read my mind and it knows that I'm going to do this. It's sensing that I'm going to do this and it's like ready to execute on these things. It sounds dumb, but it's almost like the bike knows what I want to do, knows what it's capable of doing, and then says, how can we like it layer, it overlays one of those things, like what the rider wants to do, and it overlays it on this other layer with what it knows it can do, and then tries to kind of do the best version of those things possible. That's what that YZ250FX would do for me from time to time. That's my, what my KTM 250XE does for me all the time. And it's not it's not perfect in every way. I mean, there was times like yesterday, I lost momentum. I was on a hill. I ran out of power because I kind of got thrown offline or stuck in a rut or whatever, and I had to kind of regroup or whatever. But the point is, it's got to make me feel alive, and it's got to make me feel like a hero. Another thing, another way that I know that I'm on a great bike, at least for that discipline or that, that little area or whatever, that section of the trail. And that's another thing is sometimes a bike can be good 
just good in a lot of areas. And then all of a sudden you'll get onto a section of trail and then suddenly that bike is great. That happened to me with the YZ250X quite a bit because there were times where I was like, man, this thing is amazing. It's amazing and it's great. It's great. And I feel alive and all this stuff. And then next thing I know, I get into another area where I'm like, dang, this is kind of lumbering. This is kind of like sluggishly taking me through this stuff and I'm kind of struggling here. And that's where you just know, hey, sometimes the bikes are not great universally. They are great in certain sections. And that happened a bunch with that YZ250X or YZ250FX. And I can also think of times back in the day when I was like, man, this YZ, this Yamaha YZ250X, the two-stroke version, I thought it was great in certain sections. It was amazing. And I felt alive and I felt like it was anticipating my needs. And then other times I was like, dang, this thing is way too high geared for this certain section. And, and it's kind of, I'm kind of struggling with it. And so bikes can be good in certain places and great in others. The, I guess the thing that you need to do is you need to try to find a bike that is great most of the time for the most of the places that you're taking it. Um, and sometimes, and sometimes that'll be one bike and sometimes that'll be another bike. Another, another way that I know that the bike is great, or I start to get the sense that it might be great is that it seems to kind of dissolve from underneath you. Now, this happened to me again yesterday with the two, with my 2020 250 XE on the ride that I was on. It's like there are times and it happens more and more now with bikes. There are times that it seems like the bike dissolves. Or it just becomes like an extension of your legs. The front of the bike is just kind of an extension of your hands. And it's almost like the bike is growing out of you. And it's, it is, it, it's, not, it's not like you're riding a bike anymore. You're just moving through space and time. It's these times when your bike and your body kind of start to work in, you know, some sort of harmonious way. Some sort of perfect harmony. I don't think a bike can be great unless it does that on a regular basis. In fact, I think it's got to do that on every ride. If it's not doing that, if it's not just kind of like melding away from underneath you and you're constant and you're constantly like worrying about what it's going to do or how it's going to react or, or not or being unfamiliar with how it's going to react. And so a lot of that is going to be bike setup. A lot of that is going to be how you set up your suspension and these types of things. And some of that also is going to be the tires that you're using but if it doesn't do that on every ride, I'm not sure that you can say it's great. It might still be good, but I would be hesitant to say that it's great unless it's doing that on every ride. I don't know. Maybe you disagree. Here's another thing that the bike has to do. That I think what the bike has to do in order to kind of differentiate it from good to great. I'm, I'm re-listening to that book, that, that good to great book. Anyway, that business book. Let's do it a couple of years ago when I was at a, my previous employer and I was just kind of digging through my audio library and I'm like, Hey, I was on this drive and I'm like, I'll start listening to this good to great again. But another thing that kind of pushes the bike <clears throat> and says it's going from good to great in my mind is that the great bikes will give you just enough feedback from the terrain that you can kind of get a sense when you're pushing the ragged edge of the, of grip. And this obviously changes as we progress in our riding. And maybe I'm just noticing it more now, but I feel like a good bike just kind of you go along and you don't really know how hard you can push a great bike. One that you're gelling with and is great for you. It gives you that little bit of feedback where you can just kind of feel all of a sudden like 
it's about to lose traction. Like I'm gonna, I'm going around this corner, and I know that's as much as I can push. Otherwise, I'm gonna blow that little rut, or I'm gonna blow that little berm, or I'm maybe you're flat tracking or turn or something, and you're like, I, I think if I push any harder than that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get myself into trouble. The good bikes seem to give you enough feedback, some way. Either it's from either either it's up through the chassis, or or it's, you know, the, through the suspension where you can feel it, that you know that you can't push it anymore. So it'll go to the ragged edge of the grip, but not lose its composure. That's a great bike. That's a fantastic bike. And you'll, you'll know it when you feel it. A great bike, I think, covers up for your deficiencies. It covers up for my deficiencies. It covers up for my, my mistakes. And it's just forgiving. They kind of know that I'm the boss. I'm the one who needs to look good. And so they do everything to make me look good. I remember that was one of the things that uh, I learned in corporate America is um, if I have a boss, a huge portion of my responsibility is to make the boss look good. You know, if I'm in sales, which a lot of, a lot of, a lot of positions, I've been in a lot of different sales positions over the years in one way or another. And one of the best ways to make your boss look good is to make money. Because then he gets to go up to his boss and, you know, if you're hitting your number or whatever, your sales quota, then he can go to his boss and be like, hey, look, my sales team is so great because I've got Kyle on my team and look, he's smashing his number and we've got these other guys on the team and they're beating their number. Makes you look good. Makes the boss look good. And that's one of the things that the bike has to do. It's got to cover it for your deficiencies, cover up for your mistakes. And you're the boss and it's got to make you look good. Good bikes do that. And then maybe one last final thought on that is like a great bike works with you, not against you. Think about how many times you've been out there where you're like, man, this bike is just, uh, it's just, it's not giving me what I need. It's not working with me here. I feel like me and the bike are at odds. That happens. It has happened many, many times. Sometimes it's just you. Sometimes you just suck. Sometimes you just don't have it that day. And that can totally happen too. But it feels like on the great bikes, the ones that are really great for the types of situations that you're doing, the places that you're riding, the great bikes work with you, not against you. You know, and again, it's important to remember that our needs are going to change over time. There isn't one size fits all. You know, if you like to do the type of riding that you've seen on my YouTube channel in the past and stuff like that, then maybe my opinions and my things are going to are going to mean a little bit more to you maybe they maybe they'll carry a little bit more weight if you're a guy who thus far has just been doing motocross i don't do any motocross so far i want to change that i want to get into some of that now um but uh, my opinions haven't really mattered so much for motocross guys because i'm not doing that type of riding you know there's not a one size fits all for every rider. And also the bikes need to be set up for you and you will never really learn what is a good bike and what's a, what's the difference between a good bike and a great bike. If you're not setting them up for you, you've got to go through and set up your sag. You've got to make sure that you have the correct springs for your weight. That might mean that some of you need to go out there and get your suspension kind of professionally set up. I've been really lucky because I'm right in the weight range for these bikes. And so I, I don't have to, I haven't ever yet had to even install a different spring 
on the bikes because I can always get the correct amount of sag and, you know, static sag and rider sag on these bikes just, you know, out of, out of the uh, out of the box. But a lot of guys are going to need to change that. And if you're changing spring rates, you might need to actually go and have the bike professionally tuned, the suspension professionally tuned to make to know if it's good or it's great. And then we kind of get into the weeds there because you can change everything about a bike that way by messing with those things. The point is there's a lot of different things that you can do and there's a lot of different bikes. There's a lot of different things you can do. You can change handlebar positions. You can change foot peg positions. You can do all these different things to kind of tune a bike to more what your needs are. At the end of the day though, the chassis makes a huge difference and it makes a lot of, you know, there's a lot of weight that goes into that and a lot of confidence that can come into that just by the things that they've done and the way that they've set up the bikes and they do get better. I wouldn't say that every bike is always better. Sometimes they'll go backwards on a suspension setting or whatever. But I do think over time, the bikes do get better. They do get more stable. They do get more capable. They do get um, to where sometimes they're more forgiving, I feel like. I guess maybe the other, the flip side of that is though you're, you're riding progresses throughout time and then you're the one who gets better. The bikes only get marginally better. Um, but your, your skills have gotten better over time. And so you can make them look better. And, and that, that could also be part of it too. You know, I, I also think it's important not to just get stuck in a rut because I do think our needs change over time. And like I said, like I've said before, you know, like uh, the stage I'm at in life, KTM, you know, 252 stroke, 302 stroke. Those are the bikes that make the most sense for me and, and get, and I feel like I get the most out of them. But there's no reason for me to say if you're 65, 70 years old, that the best bike for you wouldn't be like some sort of 500 four stroke. It, it totally might be. There's enough, there's enough people out there that like those things and they're, they're doing like a KTM 500. Who might say that they're wrong? My needs might change over time and I may become the biggest proponent of these 500 four strokes that you've ever seen. I don't know. For right now though, uh, the ones that I've ridden, and I, I probably need to just buy one and, and then spend a bunch of time with it because I haven't spent a bunch of time on a 500. Um, maybe I'll change that soon. But good bikes and great bikes, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of good bikes out there. There's a lot of great. Uh, I should say there's a lot of good bikes out there. There's not a lot of great bikes out there. There's just a handful, in my opinion. There's just a handful of great bikes, and we got to go through and find them. We got to go on a hunt and find those bikes that are that are great, and they're out there, and you're gonna find them. And it's a fun process. It's part it's part of the fun of just actually going out there and trying new things and and trying to figure out what works for you and what you like. Man, that's part of the fun. Part of the fun. Hey, just real quick, um, if you want to get entered to win one of my bikes, I'm giving away three bikes here. This podcast, I'm recording this podcast on November fifth. And if you're listening to this between November 5th and December 15th of 2020, you can get entered to win one of the three bikes that I'm giving away. I'm giving away a 2020 KTM 250 XC, a 2020 KTM 300 XCW, and my 2020 Sherco 300 SE, a factory, two two-strokes and a four-stroke. I'm giving those bikes away. All you have to do to enter to win is go to my website, dirtbikechannel.com. Right now, you can get entered to win over there. And that helps support the help support what we're doing here. If you want to support me, other ways you can you can find my parts links and uh, to Rocky Mountain ATV, Motorsport, Amazon. Those are over on my website. This is the easiest place to find them. You go to dirtbikechannel.com, 
there's a links up in the upper right hand corner you can go there you can click on those links and you can get parts you can get parts for Rocky Mountain ATV Motorsport Amazon you click on one of those links and you can shop for anything you want and I get a referral bonus for sending you over there that would be really really helpful um, yeah Hopefully, by the next time I do a podcast, we'll know who the president of the United States is because as of right now, we don't know anything about really, we don't know who won the election, even though we're like two days after it was supposed to happen. So hopefully the next time you and I discuss this, we will know who the next president of the United States is. Um, I'm glad we haven't burned down the country yet. I'm glad you guys haven't, we haven't had like massive, massive rioting yet. Maybe that's coming as as soon as this election wraps up and we know who it is. Uh, But anyway, until next time, I hope everyone is safe and healthy out there, and let's leave a single track. Thanks, everyone.